It must be getting close to the school holidays because there's so many kids' films out. Anyway, this is The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. Bonnie made a friend in class. The toys are back and lost in a carnival in Toy Story 4. What are you doing? What's it look like I'm doing? I'm doing superhero stuff. Find out what your pets get up to when you're not around in The Secret Life of Pets 2. Something's wrong with Chucky. And a completely different toy that comes to life in Child's Play. That's this week on The Cinema Crew. Hello and welcome to The Cinema Crew, the podcast that talks new movies every week. My name is Michael Campbell, but you can call me Cambo. And as always, I am never alone for this podcast. I have Barry McIntyre. Hello. And Dan Miranda. Hello. To talk about all the new movies. Now, your chance to win a Gold Class Double Pass coming up just a little later on, but first. Forky is the most important toy to Bonnie right now. We all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Woody, we have a situation. I am not a toy. I was made for soup, salad, maybe chili, and then the trash. Buzz, we've got to get Forky. Affirmative. Why am I alive? You're Bonnie's toy. You are going to help create happy memories that will last for the rest of her life. The following are, in order, the Rotten Tomato scores for the Toy Story franchise. 100%. 100%. And 99%. The series was thought to have wrapped up with Toy Story 3 in 2010, but much to people's surprise, some nine years later, another installment is upon us. So let me echo what everyone is thinking. Don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. Dan, did they? Did they? Uh, So this film sets a completely different storyline from the end of Toy Story 3. That ends one chapter. This is a new chapter. So we start with Woody in the toy room of Bonnie. And she is uh, going to school. She's about to start kindergarten. And she comes home one day with this new fork, which is <laughs> an excellent creation. I'm very happy that they went down this path. Yeah, the idea that like you make a toy. Where does a toy come from? It's not just a bought thing. It, like, and it comes to life. And there is, <laughs> there is so much humour with this fork that is unexpected. Because from the trailers, I was like, hmm. But I think they really hit the nail on the head. And I think... Woody has a certain identity crisis, which is the complete plot line for his character arc throughout this film. And they go on a holiday in a carnival and some things happen. Yeah, it's kind of like an adventure to try and get Forky back to the group. Correct. Because uh, what I like most about his character is Forky was an invented, uh, like he was made from like things from the trash. We've got pipe cleaner. Yeah. Eyes. <laughs> so he's eyes. he's mm. having an identity crisis about who he is. Oh yeah. Because he knows that he is trash and he keeps trying <laughs> to throw himself out. And it's it's kind of Woody trying to convince him, no, no, you're a toy now. Like it's, you're a thing that children love to It's play evocative with. of the first Toy Story where he's trying to tell Buzz yes. that, no, you're not a space ranger, you're a toy. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, what are people's opinions on the Toy Story franchise as in general? It's one of the first movies I think I ever saw. Not quite the first, but it's one of my earliest memories is seeing Toy Story. So I'm really attached to it. What about mm. you guys? Yeah, there's a lot of kids' movies that like our age group has grown up with. So there's a lot of nostalgia attached to it. And there's a lot of sort of this ownership of like, well, I was a kid when these came first came out and I've grown up with them. And so there's maybe an expectation that it has to also appeal to us and maybe not children anymore, which is why I think they've sort of brought Forky in and he's dealing with some existential dread, which maybe <laughs> millennial culture is kind of all about. Yeah. So it's aiming a little bit more towards our generation as well. And that's what I like that Pixar do. In and out, uh, mm. Inside Out is mm. a really good example of this. They have quite a nice 
important message for kids in mm. their films, but they do it in a really succinct, not too on the nose kind of a way. Yeah. So much like in, uh, Inside Out was about, you know, your emotions are fine. You need to get angry. You need to be sad. And yeah. this is just part of being human. Much like that Forky actually represents this idea that like you're more than you think you are and and Woody having to come to terms with, you know, there's a new toy that Bonnie likes so much and maybe he needs to move on at some point and things like that. There are mm. these big ideas in this little kid's film. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate it. I always wonder whether kids pick up on it at all or whether it's just kind of subconscious because I really like the extra layer in films like this. Mm. Definitely. And we should also, apart from Forky's storyline, we should mention in Toy Story 3, a very prominent character from the first two films, Bo Peep, was not actually featured. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of people, after seeing that last film, were like, where is Bo? Yeah. What's happened to her? And that's exactly what this film clarifies. Mm. And along the way, when they arrive at the carnival, Bo's story comes to fruition and you find out where she's been, what she's doing. And in a way, it's sort of like the gateway to where, t- uh, where Woody's story is eventually headed, potentially. Yeah, and this is very much a Woody Bo Peep movie as well. Even like the the other main characters, while they're still in it, like Buzz Lightyear doesn't get a whole heap to do and and, uh, Jesse and those guys, they're in it and they've got a couple of jokes here and there, but it's very much a Woody and Bo Peep movie. But in that way, it felt really focused as well. Yes, Because if you tried to do too many Mm. stories at once, it kind of gets a little bit muddled. And so I prefer that they just, one, they take their time Mm. until they think they have a story that's good enough. And in this case, it took them nine years. Yeah. And two, you really just laser focus that story onto whatever you think is going to tell the best story. <gasps> he did go to kindergarten. I knew it. No, no, You're no, trying guys, to get listen, Bonnie in trouble. No, of course not. You could have been confiscated. What does that mean? Taken away. <gasps> no! Or worse, you could have been lost. No, 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 guys, listen. Bonnie had a great day in class, and we're going on a road trip. Road trip? Vacation! <laughs> but then something really weird happened. Bonnie made a friend in class. Oh, she's already making friends. No, no, she literally made a new friend. Hey, it's okay. Come on out, that's it. Uh, Come on, there you go. (gasps) Uh, Come on, let's get you out of there. uh, You got this. uh, Good, good. Everyone, I want you to meet Forky. Golly, Bob Hap. Look how long his arms are. I had such a huge smile on my face through this whole movie. We were laughing the whole time. I don't think it quite packs the like emotional punch of number three, um, but I don't think it even necessarily needs to because even though number three came out in 2010, they've still been producing Toy Story Shorts. content. There's uh, yeah, short films yeah. before Pixar films, so it's not like these characters ever really went away. No. And yeah, so it doesn't have that huge kind of emotionally crushing feeling of the third one that really did make yeah. adults cry in a kid's film but it's still just fun from start to finish without a doubt and i think um because as you say the previous films are more ensemble based it, it does have that laser focus on the woody bow story but i feel is this the first film since the voice actor for mr potato head has done rickles yeah, yeah. he's yeah. still his voice is still in the film which yeah. i was really surprised at <laughs> Which is quite interesting because they do this for a lot of movies where they digitally edit someone's in, like mm-hmm. the, the entire person. And for this one, thankfully, they didn't have to do that. But they mm. did scrap together his voice from all of his appearances in the other movies, all the, the spin-offs, as we yeah. said, like the, the TV video shows. games and things like that. Yeah, yeah to make his voice. Yeah. And his family wanted that because they didn't want him to be excluded from this film. So they put him together. 
And it's just like a potato head. <laughs> oh my God, the metaphor. <laughs> and if we're talking about voice cast, there's also a couple of new voices. The Probably the standout are uh, two, two little plush toys that are voiced by Key and Peele. Mm. Uh, who, you know, most people know Jordan Peele now for directing his horror movies, but obviously a comedy duo for years and years before yeah. that. They're really funny. I think this is the most out and out funny Toy Story film. Well, yes. It's yeah. probably the least emotional Toy Story mm. film, but it's the most out and out actually making me laugh out loud funny mm. Toy Story film. Definitely. And and Keanu Reeves as oh, yes. Duke Caboon. <laughs> Duke Caboon. <laughs> the motorcycle riding, uh, what do you call him? Uh, he's, a, he's a daredevil. Yeah. He's a daredevil, daredevil. yeah. <laughs> and uh, he he reminds me a bit of, similar to how uh, there was Ken in the third, the Ken yeah. doll yeah. in the third one. He kind of comes in, he's not in a whole heap, but he steals every scene he's in. Mm -hmm. Duke Caboon, similar to that. Every scene Duke Caboon's in, he's the best part of that Mark scene. Mark my words, <laughs> he's going to be a fan favourite from here on out, <laughs> yeah. I reckon. Hi, Duke. Who's the cowboy? Duke, meet Woody. Woody, meet... Duke Kaboom, Canada's greatest stuntman. Huh. Oh, yeah. Huh. Huh. Yes. Huh? He's posing. Huh. Duke. Duke, we need Hold to... Hold on. One more. Oh, yeah. What brings you back, people? I also want to mention how incredible this film actually looks. Like, mm. you can see fabrics even where Bonnie writes on the paddle pop stick of the feet of Forky, you see the ink leaking between yeah. the wood. Like the attention to detail is uh, amazing. It is, I always find it so funny because when the first film came out, I remember everyone was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. How have they done this? And it's still a great film, but if you look at it now, there's no like texture on anything. No. It's it's so plasticky looking, it's like, which is yeah. why they picked toys originally. Yeah. They thought, well, you they, they don't need to look real. They look mm. plastic anyway. Mm. But now seeing it, like, yeah, you can see the, the fabric in Woody's clothing yeah. and it looks a million years oh. away from the original you one. You can't watch the first and then this <laughs> one and not notice a difference. Yeah, there was a scene with some rain that really looked realistic and a cat yeah. that I thought for a second was real and that they'd edited in. But to make the world look real and the toys still plasticky in their faces and stuff that still look like their original toys, mm. but in a real world, I think that works. Every pet knows <laughs> it's a dangerous world. You'd be crazy not to worry. Max, you're never going to believe it. <gasps> We're going on a trip. Really? I love the car. It's the best. <laughs> Maybe a break from the city is just what you need. This place is... 2016's The Secret Life of Pets took everyone by surprise by grossing over $800 million worldwide. And with the star power of Kevin Hart and newly added Tiffany Haddish on the rise, it's no surprise a sequel was greenlit right away. We know kids love it, but is there anything in it for older audiences as well? I think this is definitely aimed for children. As Toy Story is aimed for maybe the millennial culture yeah. and kids, this one is definitely for the younger demographic. I, I do have a theory about the school holiday period. Toy Story 4 will be the yep. kids' film adults want to take their kids to. Yep. And The Secret Life of Pets will be the kids' film kids want to go to. <laughs> yeah, servicing everyone. Mm. <laughs> so this one, we focus back on Dog Max, and he's having a hard time coping with some life changes because his owners got married and had a baby. And on the other hand, we've got Snowball the Bunny, which was one of my favourite characters from the first one. And he has to test out his superhero powers with a new friend. And similar to, I would say, Toy Story, uh, where I don't think you need to see the other films because I'd never saw Secret Life no. of Pets. And it kind of didn't matter. 
Yeah. Because within the first five minutes, they reintroduce everyone. So I was like, all right, cool. That cat's got a bit of an attitude. Max is very optimistic and kind of scared of the world. And he's got a goofy yeah. friend. And yep. so I think that you don't even really need to have seen the first one to appreciate it. No. And I think um, a lot of animal stereotypes, if you will, yeah. are <laughs> peppered throughout this. So even if you're not familiar with the potential characters from the first film, it still comes across, as you say. Yeah. And this, this one is a lot lighter and breezier than Toy Story 4. Because I think mm. it, th- they're the two that we're going to compare this week, isn't it? Because they sure. are the two that are going to be vying for parents' attention yeah. between the two. So, I don't know. I, I don't mean this as an insult in any way, but this felt a bit like a TV show to me in that it splinters off into separate stories. There's yeah. an A story, a B story, and a C story, much like a TV show yeah. will. And not until the ending do they all kind of come together. Uh, which I kind of like, one, it did make me prefer one story to the other, but I kind of even liked that it was kind of breezy in that way. It's like yeah. watching a big double episode of a TV show. Absolutely. I don't know. I That's what put me off because I wanted to f- them to focus on one story, as we were saying with Toy Story, another yeah. comparison, where it just focused on one storyline with all the characters together and just one relationship really, or two. But this one in Secret Life of Pets diverges yeah. and they're not connected in any way. They all go off on their different <laughs> directions. Mm. It might get the attention of the kids where they don't have to think on one thing for too long. Like, you know, kids' attention spans are yeah. so short. So they might be going for that. But as, yeah, as an adult, I was kind of watching it and going, oh, well, this is boring. I, w- I like that storyline. Yeah, Why are yeah. we going off? Why aren't they together? <laughs> yeah. What is this? You like you don't even finish something and then, oh, we're in this location now with these two characters. Yeah, yeah. And just sort of, sort of, there's the A story, the main story that's in all the trailers and stuff, which is Max and uh, I forget what his friend's Duke? name is. Duke, thank you. They go to a farm and they meet a, another dog voiced by Harrison Ford. And that's Rooster. kind of the main yes. story. And then there's another story about Snowball becoming a superhero and trying to free a tiger. And then there's kind of a third story, which is almost just takes up maybe 15 minutes of screen time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about story. a dog trying to get a toy back. Like it, yeah. it, it really is... A little unfocused, but they were all funny and yeah. uh, interesting. But you're right. They never quite gel in any way. That, no, like, yeah. why are you telling all three of these in one go? Until the I was actually thinking, how is this all going to come together? And yeah. it does a little bit in the end, but not Yeah, You're right. It's less laser focused than Toy Story. Yeah. When it all comes together, I think it is clever and quite funny that the way that the storylines diverge. And they come to a triumphant ending. Uh, spoilers, whoops. <laughs> it's a kid's film, of course it is. Um, but yeah, that, that way they did it was clever. Um, but going back to the main dog on the farm that um, Duke and Max meet, Rooster voiced by Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. Such a great new character. Yes. Yeah. I loved his voice and as a dog. I think what was nice to see, because obviously they're from New York City. These dogs are familiar with pavement. And then Rooster, who's like a full-on farm dog, to, mm. to, I guess, reignite the animal instincts of Max and teach him where to urine and like, oh, dogs sleep outside. And yeah. like, it's just such an interesting sort of concept. Ah! Oh, hello. Dog's got two things in this life. His water bowl and his dignity. You take one, you take the other. I, uh, I, I didn't know this was your bowl. What, the cone block in your view? It's got my name on the side. We are so sorry, Mr. Chicken. Name's not Chicken. Do I look like a chicken to you? No, no, sir. No, not, not even a little. Name's Rooster. Max is sounding different. <laughs> we should probably bring that up. Originally in Secret Life Pets, he was uh, voiced by Louis C.K., who oh. yeah. has fallen very much out of favor. I but didn't now, notice. I didn't notice Replaced either. with Patton Oswalt, who's yeah. a comedian that I really love. Yeah. Because he voiced Remy in Ratatouille, didn't he? Yes, yeah. he did, yeah. So, oh. 
One thing that I thought was a bit of humour for the adults was the analogy of catnip <laughs> and what <laughs> yes. it can do for cats. Mm, I was like, yeah. that, that's cute. Yeah, there are, like, it does have those, I mean, it's made by the same studio as Despicable Me. Mm. So similar to that way where there are there are jokes that do go over the kids' heads. Um, there are certainly those in yeah. there and, like, the idea that, like, the, the cat trying to wake up its owner and stuff. It's all very, like, funny kind of pet stereotypes. And if you are a fan of, I reckon, those Pixar films, uh, you can see elements of those influencing this. Like, I, I felt like at one point I was watching yeah. Monsters, Inc. in terms of the score and yeah. some of the look of the buildings. Yeah, especially mm. the opening yeah. score when it's coming down from the city. It's that all very jazzy. Yeah, and jazzy, yeah it is yeah. very Monsters, Inc. Loved you're right. It. But it's, it's interesting watching them back to back where you see the difference between a Pixar and an illumination mm. is this studio where one has the perception of a little bit of depth and one has a lot of depth mm. to it. And just that little difference where like you, you don't know it until it's not there kind of thing. Yeah. Where Secret Life of Pets didn't quite hit me in the way that Toy Story did. But that doesn't mean I didn't have a good time. I did. But I don't think I'll remember it as well as I'll remember Toy Story 4. No. Also still in cinemas, Men in Black International. Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson kicks some alien butt. Wild Rose. A Glaswegian country singer wants to make it big in Nashville. And Tolkien. The early years biography of the Lord of the Rings writer. Yes, you can hear about all of those movies and in fact everything that's playing in cinemas right now in our back catalogue, which you can access from whichever podcast app you would like. I need to tell you something, and I need you to believe me. I think Chucky did something. The cursed killer doll Chucky first hit our screens in 1988 and became a cult classic. The series continued for years with seven sequels and became known for its tongue-in-cheek style and its gory set pieces. Well, the series has a fresh new update for 2019, so is there still spirit left in the doll? Spirit, interesting <laughs> choice of words. Um, well, as we might know from the original, he's actually a possessed doll and yes. that's what causes him to go around killing. I love this new take on Buddy, as the character is known. Um, we're all familiar with Google Home, yes. Siri. The, the whole smart home technology. Smart home. Everything's connected, everything's on the Wi-Fi. I guarantee they were in a boardroom and they were like, how can we bring Chucky back? How about he's a smart device and he learns from his surroundings and yeah. by that he becomes a killer. Um, I actually really like this film. Me too. It so I, I, I have a feeling that, Dan, you and I really enjoyed it. And Vahari, yes, I think you I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm just standing here shaking <laughs> yeah, she's, my head. she's angry at us. <laughs> like, no, why? So, yeah, you're right. Because the, the broad strokes, it's the same as any Chucky film. Mm. Chucky becomes evil, goes on a killing spree. Yeah. It's a little doll. It's kind of a bit silly and a bit a bit ridiculous. But you're right. Yeah, they've taken away all the... All the um, the grit? Know, the black magic yeah. and stuff from the original films and replaced it with... Uh, in fact, I, w I won't spoil it, but the reason Chucky is evil in this movie made me laugh so much. No, <laughs> but did it's so flimsy. <laughs> I thought it was justified. Like, it's to give you an idea of the tone of this movie, when it cuts to the facility that Chucky is being made, it cuts with a big, like, string, like, Din -din! and a bolt of lightning over the building. Like, it has its tongue so firmly placed mm. in its cheek that I, I, once I realized that that was what it was going for, because the trailers are quite serious. Yeah. Once I realized that's what it was going for, I had the best time. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like, I laughed some in this film, and I like, through this podcast, I never used to like horror that much, but I do appreciate thrill and suspense mm. and being scared, and I was scared 
that I was going to be scared in this one, and I wasn't <laughs> yeah. at all. That's a good point. It's a horror movie, but it's not necessarily that scary. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a gore fest more than anything. And everybody was laughing at all the gore bits, and yeah. I was just like, <laughs> oh, really? Like, I would like gore if there was more of a, a storyline to uh, it that I was following, and I cared about the characters sure. and what they were going through. And because I didn't, I think that's why it turned me off, the gore. Yeah, and uh, you're right. All the characters are very stock horror movie mm. characters. There's mm. a character that is... um. You know, you've got the, the main kid and his mom, but there's a there's the boyfriend, quote unquote, oh. and he's every cliche you ever want. But that, I feel like, all you need is is for you to want him to be killed by Chucky, and that's all. That's the only reason he exists in yeah. this movie is for you to hate him. So you're like, I wish Chucky would get you. So I kind of forgave it for how. I guess lazy in its characters it was. Yeah. Because you know what this is? This is the perfect movie. Um, uh, you know, I saw. It, I was watching it with a group of my buddies. I really wish I had like a pizza or something <laughs> like that to eat. It's that kind of thing where you maybe you have a beer and a pizza and V premium and just kind of just take it for what it is. Because it's. I didn't expect to like it. I didn't necessarily even love the original truck Chucky movies. But I just like that it went for it a hundred percent and didn't apologize. And I think there's something in that for being like, you, if this is what people say they want, we're going to crank it up to eleven. Definitely, it's the perfect, I think, popcorn film. Yes. If you're like you know back in the nineties, you sat at home with the VHS, get the popcorn, the pizza, have a laugh. <laughs> Chucky is a toy. He could be anywhere. Welcome to Castle and Car. Look, I haven't seen the original movies, so I have nothing to compare it to or maybe that nostalgia aspect. And I was too scared to watch them, I'll admit, <laughs> the original ones. And the original Chucky does look, like, really scary. Like, he's going mm. to murder you. Sure. And this version of Chucky just looks creepy. A weird smooth face, face yeah. doesn't he? Yes. Like, there's no, like, face. depth to his eyeballs or anything like that. It's just it's I think the yeah. difference yeah. is with the original puppet, it was, like, really technological. And they were trying to make him look like a human or a possessed person in a doll. Whereas yeah. this is quite obviously a doll, yeah. which doesn't have all the gadgets and gizmos in its yeah, face. Yeah, and they did try to use a lot of animatronics, which yeah. was really good. So he didn't ever feel like he wasn't in the scene. They didn't try to CG anything. Yes. No. Yeah, yeah. So and, and we should mention uh, a killer doll voiced by Mark Hamill. What? <laughs> He's so Incredible. good at voices. I didn't even know it was him until the credits came yeah, up. Yeah, oh. and because uh, so many people associate him with Luke Skywalker yeah. and like, you know, this beacon of goodness. But mm. he has, jo <laughs> he he has voiced Joker the Joker so well. for, you know, 20 years. So yeah. he knows how to do conniving evil voice mm. like that. Yeah. And he, he does a bit of a voice. Like, it's still recognizably Mark Hamill but it's this kind of like ridiculous almost slightly high pitch hey Andy kind yeah. of like this are we having fun really now <laughs> and and guys he sings <laughs> oh, yes yeah. he does yeah yeah he sings yeah. the most beautiful lullaby you'll ever hear I will also say this this has one of the most horrifying and funny scenes involving a watermelon was it a watermelon <laughs> it was a watermelon yeah. That I've ever seen. Mm. <laughs> and it's going to take me a long time to shake it. <laughs> but also, I think I almost cried. like <laughs> yeah, it, From laughter. <laughs> yes, from yeah. laughter. Because it goes, it, it becomes almost like a farce. Because it goes so long. Yeah, it's it like, goes so long. Yeah, I can't eat watermelons now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, everything we're talking about, it's been kind of distracted. Like, we're just giggling away at things that we remember from this film. Yeah. Uh, I think that shows that this film is a little chaotic and it's a little sloppy, but it's also unapologetically fun and silly. 
Now, for your chance to win a gold class double pass, simply head to the Village Cinema's Facebook or Instagram page, look for the Cinema Crew post, and answer the question. We want to know what is your favourite Pixar film? Oh, that's a tough that's one. It's going to be really week. hard. Well, simply leave your comment with the hashtag The Cinema Crew for your chance to win. Next week, what if the whole world forgot the Beatles in Yesterday and the scares continue in Annabelle Comes Home? But until then, thank you, Vari. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. And I am Cambo. This has been The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.